Hello, and welcome to episode three of First Issue Club Podcast. This week, we're going to be covering some books that came out September 27th. We're going to be covering Marvel Legacy number one, Infinite Loop number one, and Batman... What the fuck is that book called? Murder Machine! It's technically Dark Knight, colon, Batman, colon, Murder Machine number one. Boom. That's what it's called. <laughs> so uh, those are the books we're going to get into. First Issue Club is a podcast where we cover all of the hyped, overhyped, underhyped books that come out on a weekly basis. It's incredible that over hundreds of books sometimes come out on Wednesdays, and a handful of those are first issues, and that's what we talk about here. If you're collecting, if you're reading, if you're looking to jump on, this podcast is for you. And you know what, guys? Comics are bad who do we have in the club today and what hero's power would you adopt for yourself i'm mike de this one's a complete no-brainer for me when i was a little kid i used to lay in bed and wish that i had spider-man's powers and then i would get up and try to climb my wall (laughs) how'd that go for you really sad really sad every time like every time you wished, you were like, this is the one. Yeah, I like this might it. be the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm Caitlin Morosik, and uh, mine would be The Flash. I would want to be a speedster. Um, who I am as a person, including today, means that I am always a little bit late. And I feel like that would help, but only to a point. Because I feel like people who are late, you're still going to find a way to be late. Okay, and I'm Greg Lichtai, and I would have Mr. Fantastic's powers. Not only is he super smart, but he's also very super stretchy. And I thought that'd be super cool, because there's been many a time when I have to either find a pen or a pencil or my cup of coffee, and it's on the other side of the room, and I don't really feel like sitting up and walking over and going to get my coffee. So I would just love to go, boop, boop. That is the sound effect of an arm stretching. (laughs) And you can stretch that dick, right, bro? Oh, yeah. Thanks for the high five, Greg. Oh, man. (laughs) This is Mike, the Budget King Russo, and I would be Galactus. Uh, Oh. Yep. I'm a god. But I have my Achilles heels. I have to eat planets. That's such a funny answer. <laughs> I have an insatiable appetite for eating planets. Yeah, sounds about right. So, like, well, I mean, what does that say? Like, does that mean like you're always hungry? As a like, I think it has. Is that why you chose it? You're just like, I really like eating, and so does I, Galactus. I have like a need for power, but I want it to be. Tamed. (laughs) (laughs) I want someone to control me. Yes. All right. It has come to the time. Let's get this podcast started. For our first book. All right. I'm Greg Lichtai, and I covered Marvel Legacy number one. So strap in, folks, because there is a lot of shit to cover. A lot of it. Almost too overwhelming. I would say, if you haven't read a Marvel book in about two to three years, you're going to be so fucking lost in this book. (laughs) So lost. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be like, why is the Falcon Captain America? Why is Thor a woman? Uh, Why is Tony Stark in a coma? It's just going to be so many things that this book doesn't even answer. I I read this twice, and I'm a huge Marvel fan. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's get into it. So you start off in um, 1 million BC with what appears to be Caveman Avengers. You have Odin, the original Odin, uh, the Phoenix Spirit, and like a Caveman Black Panther, Caveman Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider. But the important thing is they're fighting a giant celestial, which is basically like a god of the heavens. And they take it down pretty quickly. And so then it pops to the new Ghost Rider who drives a car now instead of a motorcycle, which also they don't answer. So if you don't know anything <laughs> about that, you're right. going to be real confused. Uh, so you wake up to Ghost Rider in the car, confused about how he got to where he was at. And uh, he runs from the cops. Not even on the continent. No, he's in, the, he's in Cape Town. He's in oh, Africa. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's, it's this book's all over the place. Where's so, he from, Detroit? I don't no, know. I think it's Los Angeles. Los Angeles? He's yeah. not from South Africa. No, no. that's the important thing. You can rule that out. <laughs> he somehow drove on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Badass. Yeah. That car's Jesus dope as shit. Uh, <laughs> so you get um, another story where Loki is controlling the Frost Giants to get a box from the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. warehouse that he desperately wants. Also, you also find out that S.H.I.E.L.D. is being dismantled. So everyone's Again. quitting S.H.I.E.L.D. Another question, not answered. <laughs> uh, Who's so th- still following this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Frost Giants enter S.H.I.E.L.D. warehouse. Falcon, new Captain America. Jane Foster, new Thor. Ironheart, the new Iron Man, yep. show up, try to stop, try to, uh, stop the Frost Giants. Uh, they do that, but one of them gets away with the box that they were supposed to get. We'll get back to that. Uh, the interesting thing here I found was Ironheart wanted to call this new group, like, the mm. New Avengers. Because yep. they, they, they have all taken on the new mantle of the, the previous person, you know, Captain America's now the Falcon, and, yeah. and so on and so forth. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, because that's what, that's what Marvel's been trying to do for the last two to three years, really. They started this initiative to kind of diver- diversify their cast and kind of expand a little bit because, I mean, you've been having Thor and Captain. Uh, I'm sorry, you've been having Thor and Steve Rogers and Tony Stark doing these stories for the last thirty or forty years. They really needed some new blood in there to kind of refresh the stories and get the younger readers in. Did that happen in this book? Does she say we should be like the new Avengers because we're all like? She said it feels like it, and then she can't remember their catchphrase, which is two words. Yeah. (laughs) Avengers Assemble. (laughs) Yeah. So you should, you're you're supposed to be one of the smartest people in the world, and you can't remember things that are printed on bed sheets for children. (laughs) Yeah. One of the most known catchphrases on the planet. Also to note, Tony Stark is in a coma. Doesn't explain that. Mm -mm. Also doesn't explain that the other, there's two Iron Men now. Mm -hmm. You have... Iron People. Iron People, excuse me. Yes. You have Iron Heart, who's a young 16-year-old girl. And then you have fucking Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom really? is the other what? Iron Man or Iron Person. Exactly. Why you're gonna be reading this book and go, what the fuck is happening? Is he like a hero? Or Yeah. I think one place we should start on this too yeah. is that this is Marvel's billing of like come one, come all. We're re, you know, we're restarting mm-hmm. the whole everything Marvel. We're gonna set it back to the normals. Yep. Join in here. Clean slate. Yeah. This is supposed to be very accessible, and I feel like it is so convoluted. One one thing about that is, I think it was a gargantuan task to have asked Jason Aaron to do. 
Completely. And, and yeah. I think the book was fun to read. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's his fault. No, 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 no. For having all of these crazy stories to tie no. in. In fact, I think he hit it out of the park for what he was given. I 100% agree. And yeah. If, and if you guys have read past events like this where they bring all the characters together and try to have this big thing that has repercussions throughout all their storylines. Yeah. Usually, they're impossible to enjoy. And we'll get to one of those. Yeah. This is this book is the exact reason why there are two types of Marvel fans now. There are Marvel fans that enjoy all of the cinema stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. You guys watched Inhumans, I think, this week a little bit. Tried to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's people that are like, White knuckle and griffing these comics, being like, but 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 they're my heroes. Yeah, yeah. Why store a girl? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that they're gonna win the fight. No, this is they're doing some of the most interesting things that have happened in comics in a long time. Yeah, at, I agree. At least popular comics. I thought the the new Thor story that they were doing with Jane Foster being Thor. Oh, I thought God. that's so brilliant. It's so good. Like. That's what comics needs to be. That's what superheroes need to be. You get old. You need to, ha- you know, hand off the mantle to someone else so you can fucking retire. Right. And, and I, I will say this. Another thing that people criticize is all of these reboots that happen when they're like, oh, God, they're always rebooting stuff. Yeah. I get that. But when they restart, like Black Panther was, was really fun to restart. Yeah. Right? All of these, like we talked about Runaways. Runaways was fun to restart. I would have been lost had we just jumped into wherever Runaways was. Yeah. So I, you know, I hope that they tackle this in an interesting way. Can we have a discussion a little bit about variant covers? Because this is like the, like, epic marquee variant cover kind of example of what happens with variant covers. Yeah. This is the quintessential, quintessential, <laughs> one more time. This is the quintessential book that gets a thousand different variants Origin, what is variant covers for people? What, what, are the, what is their purpose? That kind of stuff. Like, what does it mean to us? Or, like, what does it just yeah, mean? Yeah, layperson, lay, lay what's a variant cover? Why do they do it? Variant cover is a alternative cover to a comic book. Like, let's say the Iron Man number one comes out. It's the same story in each Iron Man variant cover book. I'm explaining that wrong. Mike, you want to give it a shot? No, you nailed it, dude. Oh, okay. And why would somebody care about buying a different cover? Um, well, I'll give an example. Sometimes, one of my favorite artists is Mike Mangola from mm-hmm. his Hellboy fame. Um, he did a lot of DC and Marvel variant covers, and since I'm a big fan of his work, whenever I see that, I'm just like, ooh, like, that'd be kind of fun to pick up, like Mike Mangola drawing the Hulk. Like, yeah. That's kind of cool. Scotty Young from here around Kansas City always does a variant cover of baby characters or whatever is in it. Yeah, baby mm-hmm. versions of They're, the superheroes. Yeah, baby <laughs> yeah. versions. Uh, so this book had, I, I don't, I would have to guess maybe 50 different variant covers. Yeah. Easily. This, this is the sort of thing where you walk into your comic book shop on Wednesday, that's the day new comics come out, and the counter is just full with different books ranging from the actual cover price that's on to like hundreds of dollars. Right. There's, there's, there was probably upwards of 20 different covers for this book. It, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are just metallicized. Like a hologram, kind of. Like they're the same cover, but metallicized. The cool thing about this book is that it unfolds into a poster that you could hang on your wall if you wanted to ruin the value of your book. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you were an idiot, no one will do. I I don't know. I bought two. I thought maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one's like a reading cover, and then the rest is history. There is 
a lot of stuff happening in this book. If you want to get into Marvel, do it now because it's going to be changing. And if you're worried about spending too much money, your worries will come true. Mm-hmm. We give you a checklist in the end. Oh, yeah. It's about 100 books coming out that will be restarted. So tap into that 401k early if you're going to get into Marvel now. <laughs> Cash it out. Yep. Gotta or you read. can wait two months and these will be in the dollar bin. <laughs> <laughs> this book had a lot of... Or you uh, just listen to our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. For free. <laughs> the only critique of this book is Marvel in and of itself. Yeah, the, 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 the Marvel the, machine really yeah. just kind of The creators of this things book up. did it great. And Jason Aaron is constantly good. Tweeted at us, talked to us this week, yeah. which you, any of you can do at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T, on Twitter mm-hmm. or at Gmail. All right, and next book. So I took um, The Infinite Loop, Nothing But the Truth, which is a new uh, kind of jumping on point for the first series. And I won't kind of, I won't go into uh, the first series. I'll just focus on Nothing But the Truth. Um, it follows the main character, Teddy, her partners in business and in life. And um, the book kind of read for me almost like a Black Mirror episode. It was like some underlying goals with social commentary mm-hmm. and um, I I like this book and I liked the first series uh, m- not mainly but in, for large part because of the female non-hetero lead it's very LGBTQIA um, friendly and it's kind of an advocate book I think is how it's marketed at least uh, I, I she, did not know that so that's great about this book yeah it just is a good book and happens to also be that that's super cool. Yeah, well, that's, I think, what I like about it, too, because it's not, like, pushed down your throat that this is what we're trying to do with this book. You just like it, and the characters that you invest in happen to be in that community. So this book is um, following her. She's kind of, she has a couple mishaps that lead her to this um, town where people are using head units, like VR units, to purchase different realities, like escapism. Um, Sweet. It's, it's so prevalent and destructive that they have, like, rehab centers to uh, get people off and back to reality. Um, Yeah, so I was going to ask you guys what you thought about that. Um, The, it, they kind of, uh, the back of it says people are addicted to lies in this town. So it's just interesting. That was kind of what made me think of Black Mirror. It's like, Technology goes to a certain point that then you cannot deal with real life anymore, and mm-hmm. that becomes what you want to do and be in, and it's just interesting to me. I, one of my favorite parts of this book was this guy was having, like, a fantasy reality overdose, and this, do- this like, doctor who cures these people asks somebody, how deep is he? And the guy responds, I'd say way past post-truth, maybe even deeper. And I was like, this is, oh this shit, is, okay. Post truth? What? Deeper, deeper than post truth? <laughs> you are fucked. He's done. Forget him. Sorry, man. He's past post truth, y'all. Yeah. I also like their relationship. So, she, lead character is married to some politician, and they have to hide their relationship, not because they're queer, but because. Uh, the political implications of, of the, their individual missions for hiding these anomalies or these people. It, what are anomalies? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm thinking of, like, Legends of Tomorrow and how they do, like, their kind of... They kind of go back and fix, like, things that are created by 
like a time flashpoint right? or like a, a yeah a time alteration. Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. putting things back where they belong as best they can. So these yeah. people who are like popped into timelines where maybe they're not supposed to be are kind of kept in refugee camps in this book. And that's kind of what a lot of the political divisiveness is over, right? Like what we should do with these people. Mm-hmm. Are they a danger to us or not? So I've, I've got a question. At Somewhere towards the beginning of the book, our hero picks up a little girl at a gas station, carries her around for most of the book, and then hands her to a guy and is like, you have a little girl to raise. I think and then they that, like never uh, mention the girl. <laughs> like that's like that's like all that happens with her. No, I think Who that's is that her girl? dad. That's her dad. Yeah, I think that was so. not clear to me. Columbia. Uh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, Columbia. Well, like, hang on, let me. But she didn't know like who she was, or maybe she was in that headgear so long she forgot who her dad was. I was just like, what is going on with this little girl? And they're in Appalachia, right? They're in like future Appalachia. And yeah. is that like a is is How is that g- not a dirt pile? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the like they got addicted to lies, right, about it, reality quickest. I think because they had the opio- such opioid epidemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think yes. that's what we're supposed to gleam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where all the drug pushers try their new stuff. <laughs> Take this new heroin to Appalachia. <laughs> For books that are just like very inclusive and very like. LGBTQAI positive, like, those books can kind of come off a little pandering and, like, a little bit just, like, see what we're doing? Like, hey, look, very inclusive. Like, I didn't get that from this book no. at all. They live in this magical world where, like, okay, like, that's normal, well, whatever. Like, And that's s- the way it should be. Fuck yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the way, like, all of cinema and media should have been for the last 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, hey, diverse people are also people, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they also watch CW shows and, right. like... Complain about them. They may enjoy seeing characters <laughs> yeah, like yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Why don't we do that? I think books and books like this are huge. Cool. Good book. Uh, can I pee and fart before <laughs> <laughs> the next book? Yes. Well, do your Squarespace ad. Do Break not that. edit that oh, out. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is sponsored by dying businesses that will deliver your food to you. <laughs> I always wonder who, <laughs> buys who goes online after hearing these things on podcasts. Well, we'll oh, give you a I code for 10% off. Uh, yeah. Don't listen to that future potential advertiser. <laughs> do you like boxes full of random shit? <laughs> We're going to step suits, socks, and turtles in them, and they'll come to your house on a weekly basis. All right, get another load of this title, everybody. The next book up is Dark Knights, Batman, The Murder Machine, number one, written by Frank Thierry and James Tinian, with art by Ricardo Federici, published by the big guy, DC Comics. Um, so this book is a tie-in to a larger series called Metal, which is a big old story set to cause several me- major repercussions for various DC comic book storylines by the time it concludes... Um, I think maybe we should spare everyone an unavoidably tedious rundown of what happened so far in Metal, but it also might be fun to go through (laughs) all the tedious, weird things that happened in Metal. It's an alt-universe, right? So does it even hold bearing on the DC universe after this? Nah, well, my impression was that it did. I think think we're dealing with a lot of alternate universes, 
but the the repercussions are on universe zero, which is our universe. Yeah, give give mm. me a rundown because I am oh, lost yeah. as hell. Yeah. All right. <laughs> You're all, you're all gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they just had to listen to Marvel <laughs> Legacy, so. All right. And there's there's other books that tie into this, but I'll just go through kind of what I know about metal number one. A massive mountain magically appears in Batman's hometown of Gotham. Mm-hmm. That mountain gives off a strange energy signal. Mm-hmm. That same energy signal is also given off by a rare metal that a super pal of the Justice League is researching. This metal also grants magical powers, and its origins are associated with an unknown evil. So there's a recap that it's been established in previous books that there are several alternate universes that exist, with the one that our heroes are currently in being like the original epicenter of all universes, I think. Um, Batman is accused at this point of being a v- vessel who will bring about an evil upon Earth. In uh, in Universe Zero. In Universe Zero, like he's gonna he's gonna bring like some evil that exists outside of the multiverse, which is a collection of several universes. I told you this guy was, like, so obnoxiously <laughs> tedious. This is the problem with multiverses. And, like, I'm leaving out so many details that you would just be like, shoot me in the head. So Batman's briefly attacked after being accused of being this vessel, and then during this attack, he nabs this, like, sample of the the metal that vibrates and causes evil and jets off on a dinosaur. He, like, escapes riding a dinosaur. Because why not? Yeah, yeah. right. And then, <laughs> and then he's like st- studying that metal in the Batcave later, and its vibrations lead him to a journal hidden beneath his floorboards under like a bat-shaped <laughs> ledge. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that confirms like there's a, like a, so there's a journal in there that confirms like a lot of the crazy stuff that's kind of been thrown around at the, in the book leading up to this point. Um, so... After all that, standing behind Batman is the lord and personification of all dreams and stories. Uh, (laughs) A guy named the Dream of Endless, who is a character from a a DC book that I don't think has ever been previously tied in to other DC characters like this. Uh, Are you guys familiar with Neil Gaiman's Sandman? Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is like the main character from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And he's being roped into, oh like, Justice League stuff. Why? And they're also going to bring Watchmen into this, too, right? Are they really? Is that not what the button thing is? That, yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, is that why they're doing the buttons? Yeah. So when I bought this... Doomsday clock or something. When I bought Batman Murder Machine, it came with a button. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the guy at the comic shop gave it to me like it was some, like, great gift being bestowed yeah, upon like you me. Like, just make it hey, man, wh- it's free. And I was just like, oh, cool. <laughs> Did you say free? <laughs> free garbage. <laughs> Jeepers, thanks. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, do we want to hash any of that out, or should I get into Batman Murder Machine? Just, yeah, I don't even know. I don't think you can redeem it. All right, so <laughs> here's how I'll try to redeem uh, Batman Murder Machine is that this book starts with Cyborg, the least popular member of the Justice League. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, so Cyborg is manning a space station and studying Earth in hopes of discovering more about 
the events that have occurred so far in metal, namely like why a mountain just appeared in Gotham City. Um, so he gains access to a computer system on Earth that's full of valuable data. And then an evil alternate universe Batman teleports onto his ship um, to take that information and this evil Batman takes Cyborg's space station along with all that good, good info. Um, so evil Batman brings with him a full ghoul squad of evil versions of characters that I think are mostly recognizable, even if you're a casual comic book fan. There's like an evil Doomsday and Flash and Deathstroke. some characters like that. Right? Is it female Deathstroke or something like that? Wonder there, Woman. There's also, yeah, like a big like mech Wonder Woman thing. Oh. I don't know what that was, but um, we'll find out maybe. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, so, this Batman is also powerful enough to be simultaneously tearing many of Earth's major cities to shreds all while this is going on. Um, and how is how is evil Batman doing this, you might ask? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing through the, all of this. Um, because he's a murder machine. Because well, he's, <laughs> he's a dope-ass murder machine. Um, so, he's built out of the super metal that... I, I mentioned earlier. Oh, I, that, I that Terminator's built up. Kind of, yeah. He's like a T-1000 Batman. So he's like morphing the whole issue. Um, so he can be transformed into just about anything at his will. And he also built an artificial intelligence system of his butler slash father figure, Alfred, um, who can also form anything he wants to. Oh, convenient. And all these Alfreds love killing everything that they perceive as a potential Threat to, to this Batman. evil metal Batman. Oh, I thought it was just Batman in general. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I I left so many details out, <laughs> and it was still just like, what on earth is so, happening here? So D- DC has done, and Marvel has done this too, where they do a, they do a book that's an excuse to be like, we're getting dark here, baby. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna do some violence. We're gonna do some devil worshiping, and all that kind of stuff. And they, I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is like we're gonna do that, and we're gonna launch a whole new storyline. Case in point, did you guys see this panel where it's like fatality on Cyborg, and they ri- <laughs> they rip his head off? Yeah, and his like spine is like yeah. <laughs> going out. Yeah, they, uh, someone like yeah, Metal Finish Batman him. punches him, and his and his head just flies off. But important to note for anyone who cares or is still listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> thank you if you are. <laughs> the cyborg that gets his head lobbed off is cyborg from. A dark reality. God damn it! So there's two there's two realities we're dealing with in this. Book. I was one, wondering why in the next panel he was alive. One is bat is metal Batman's universe, so we get some of his backstory and why he ended up turning into like an evil metal asshole. Mm-hmm. And then um, Cyborg is like separately kind of roughed up by Doomsday in this book, mm-hmm. but I think is turned into an evil version of himself by the Joker Batman at the end of it. Like, he touches him and, like, turns him evil, I think. Motherfucker. So this book is the kryptonite to what this podcast is trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it just, it can't. You can't. You can't put a number one on on books that are built on a ceiling-high stack of convoluted stories. Right. The best thing about this book is that it's called Murder Machine. Yeah, it is. The cover, <laughs> the shiny cover yeah. and, the, and the title are the best part of this book. I also, guess. where does this giant skull tank come in? I think there's some of them. On, I think they flash to a couple of them on Earth. Okay. I think that's yeah. what the um, weird Alfred butlers are making. 
to like tear the tear the Earth cities apart. Okay, mm. I'm into that. Yep, I think DC is kind of like Marvel's like aggressive older brother. Yeah. Who's just like listens m- to Metallica, mad all the time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard Burn this. Shit. I've heard this rumor that when they were making Batman versus Superman, that they like Avengers had just come out and they were like, our franchise will have no jokes. Yeah, that's too bad. W- your franchise is a joke. <laughs> 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 we are just one giant joke. <laughs> it's one thing that really bugs me about DC Comics. It's like they constantly remind us that comic books need to be taken seriously by making them unnecessarily mm-hmm. dark and gruesome. Yeah. And it's like, that's not essential to telling a good story. Like, I'm an adult. I don't have to be reminded that my medium is for me constantly by having over-the-top things happen. No. And, th- and that's what, uh, who wrote 300? Frank Miller? Frank Miller. There Frank we go. Miller. Okay. Uh, what DC, what Frank Miller did for DC was make Batman Dark, and I think they get a lot of credit for, like, the resurgence of comic books and things like that, but it's like they're just, like, a decade and decade over trying to go back to that one moment of when they define comics. So the the writer of uh, DC Metal is Scott Snyder. He's a great writer. Um, but this quote is, Snyder compared the DC Comics multiverse to the consciousness of the DC reality, with its dark counterpart reflecting the unformed primal subconscious. And if it sounds like it's blurring the line between the real and the metaphysical, it is. Great. Sign me up for that. (laughs) I was even lost during that quote. Take my money. (laughs) That quote enticing me to get a master's degree in psychology. (laughs) I want more. This book we picked, and we talked about this last episode, because of the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with picking a book because of the name. You named it well. You branded it well. Great. Yeah. And we read it. And... Didn't love it. That's what people go through every day at the, at the comic book <laughs> yeah, shop. Right. That's no, because you can't real, read in the comic book shop because they will yell at you. These are real life struggles. <laughs> You're ruining the value of this yeah. book. This isn't a library. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm broke. I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, you got a wrap up for us? I have the weekly wrap-up, which we might be calling the pick of the week. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> pow, pow, power wheels. There was a lot of other stuff that came out this week, and we had some great trades released by Image. Uh, <laughs> DC also released a uh, Batman the Red Death, where he kills the Flash, I think, and becomes him. Uh, Marvel Generations, where we get the series where we're getting lots of Spider-Mans, or uh, d- different... Marvel things coming together, a couple Spider-Mans in there. DuckTales on the IDW teen issue came out, and it was good. The paneling annoyed me, but it was a really good story. But the book, my pick of the week, is going to be Rat Queens, which had a special edition one-off book this uh, week, and it was called Orc Dave Number 1. I was a big fan of Rat Queens when it came out, um, and it was really fun. We had four different women completely set in like a D and uh, Dungeons and Dragons universe with all kinds of like weird powers or just adventuring. But my, f- my thing about it is that they like, they love sex, they love drugs, uh, they love violence. And that like just ensues throughout their like stuff. Right. Then big drama in the comic book world news and very justly, uh, the illustrator of that book, um, rock Upchurch or John rock Upchurch, uh, w- was, 
arrested for domestic abuse. And there was a bunch of like stuff that came out about that. And rightfully so, they kicked him off the book. They went through a bunch of different illustrators. I felt like the book was kind of changing because they had co-created the book together mm-hmm. and not... It, I did they did the right thing, but it was just there were too many books coming out, and I was like, I can't deal with this. So I have not read it since he got kicked off the book. I was kind of wondering if that news kind of killed that book. Apparently not, because they're well, they're okay. So they're on volume two right now. So, but they did have different artists um, pick up the mantle after he was dropped from the book, and I think primarily they were female artists. Kind oh, of, cool. Kind of trying to show just That's like awesome. you know what, we we do not tolerate this stuff. We uh, actually are very pro-women being in the industry, pro-not beating women. So they tried to turn our page there, and uh, I think the storyline ended. They they decided to reopen the series because it's like, we need a fresh start. We need to just kind of shake off the shackles of the previous uh, mm-hmm. uh, iteration. Yeah. Anyway, this is a one-off book, so you could, in theory, read this book if you've never read Whack Queens. We get the story of Orc Dave, uh, which honestly... I, I love I, that name. Yeah. I, I think just read this mm-hmm. book. It's a, it is it is what a one-off should do, which just means that it's a self-contained story. If it's written well, you sh- don't need backstory. We don't need to know who Orc Dave is. You get introduced a little bit to the Rat Queens. This is a side character that's an orc and all of his orc nature created from the nature, things like that. Um, and it, it's good. It's, it's, it's sad. It's funny. And it was definitely my pick of the week. Cool. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, as always, make sure to shout us out, check us out on um, Twitter. Find us on Twitter. Yep. First Issue Club, F I R S T, or First Issue Club at gmail.com. First Issue Club is a podcast that is part of the Fountain City Frequency podcast family recorded in KCUR Studios. Our music is by Primary Color Music. And thanks so much for that kick-ass music, which we love so much. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Join us next week for a bunch of new comics and us gabbing. Join us next week for new <laughs> comics and having fun. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for our patented sign-off. Batter up. Today I'm going with Hello. <laughs> That's how you say goodbye. Yeah, it's, but it, it was the inflection that you could tell I was signing off. Of. Uh, hello. Hello. Last week was like a performance piece. Yeah. This time we just get hello. Mm-hmm. You get what you get. Keeping us on our toes. I like it. Yeah. All right. I'll go with my signature sign off. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, I'm Caitlin Morasic and I'll show myself out. Boom. Still the best. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Oh no. <laughs> oh, this is the end.